sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Father, what an opportunity, a great one, to stand in your presence to deliver your infallible word. We pray that we will be doers of your word and not hearers only. We pray that, Lord, you will renew our minds and our hearts by your spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will be in total control. Let these lips of clay speak the oracles of God. Let these lips of clay obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let our lives be transformed because of God's word. And let the unction and the anointing and the grace to minister your word be upon this vessel of clay. I submit myself totally to you, Holy Spirit. Use me and bring glory to the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Praise the Lord. First of all, I want to thank God for this opportunity to be here. And um, you could have chosen out of his children so many, a million speakers. I thank him for this privilege. Amen. And then I also want to thank my husband, Bishop Dag. And the whose covering and the whose covering I stand to minister. Amen. I want to thank the organizers of this program for inviting us. And we pray that whatever God has purpose for today will happen. And thank you also for honoring me with your presence. Amen. I came with uh, some lady pastors who are here because of me, and I want to appreciate them. Lady Pastor Bridget Marion, wife of Bishop Ugo, Adenta. <laughs> lady Pastor Kezia Godwill, wife of Bishop Jacob Godwill the central region area, and all the other lady pastors. Thank you for being here. Amen. Um, this morning, I was told to speak about starting it right and getting it right. Am I right? Starting it right and getting it right. I think that you guys are always listening to relationship messages and I often wonder what else you want to hear. 
Because in my view, everything has been said. But sometimes we need to hear over and over again. And when we hear again, maybe we get a new revelation or deeper understanding. So I pray that it will be so. Amen. Starting it right and getting it right. I would say yesterday I was on a plane from Takrade to Accra and I met a young man who was telling me what he does, youth empowerment and all that. Then he said, oh, before I get off, he said, I just want to ask you one thing. What is the one most important thing you will say I need? And I said, God. And he said, pardon? And I said, God. And he said, really, why is that? And I said, because I think that from him, everything flows. He said, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, I think that when you have a personal relationship with God, it flows into every area of your life. He said, like what? I said, oh, the decisions you will make, the way you think, the choices you make. So in the end, you may even look like a superwoman or that you are very smart and you make very smart choices. But what it really is is that you just decided that Jesus Christ is Lord and decided to build your life on that rock. Amen. So the first step I would say to starting it right is start with God. And sometimes many of us think, oh, but Lady Reverend, is that a point? It is a very strong point. It is a very strong point. In the beginning, the Bible says, God created the heaven and the earth. So in the beginning was God. And the Bible says in the book of John, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So in the beginning of everything, I don't see how it's going to be successful without Christ. I don't see. And I even understand more now when 1 Corinthians 13 says, if I give my body to be bent and I do so many things and I don't have love, I, I, I have become a clanging symbol and I'm of no use. I used to wonder, oh, but if you give your body to bend, at least you have done something. But to hear about suicide bombers and driving into people and killing them, you may do that, but you are not working in divine love. So I'm always surprised that God is ahead of us, but he's really ahead. Amen. So starting it right begins with God. In the beginning, God. So if you don't have a foundation, how can you build? There's no building without a foundation. And if you don't also have the right foundation, how can the house stand? There are so many divorces all over the world, and now in Ghana, and also in the church of God, and even in the ministry. So, Lady Reverend, are you saying all these people don't know God? You know God, but when it comes to some hard places, I submit that we do what we like, and not what God's word says. And then we seek to twist the word of God to suit us. 
And it is a very natural thing to want to twist the word of God. Sorry, my throat has been struggling lately. To want to twist the word of God to suit us. So when I say in the beginning God, I, I mean giving your life to Christ as your personal savior, yes. But I also mean going beyond that to be sure that you have a life fully submitted to God. I was asking God, well, why is it that we can do so many great things for you, but in certain areas then it's like we are not Christians or God doesn't exist. The Holy Spirit said to me, in the book of Chronicles, the Bible says this king, he did all that was right in the sight of God. He did this. He took uh, uh, the people. He, he worshipped God. He did this, but he did not bring down the high places. The high places were where there were idols. So I realized that as Christians, we may do so many things that are right in the sight of God. But when it gets to a certain area, God is not there. And we don't bring down the high places. And like when the, the, the apostle John got the revelation about the various churches, God will say, I know about you. I know your patience. I know your hard work. I know this, but I have this against you. That you have fallen from your first love. That you are not warm and you are not cold. Different churches. So God may have a good side for you. In, let's say, English literature. But in math, if you are like me, you struggle. You struggle in math. And therefore, it affects the overall outcome of your time. In the same way, it affects our work with God. So we say, he is Lord. He's not Lord. He is Lord when it suits you. He's Lord when it's easy. He's Lord when, you know, it's not all of God's word that is difficult. Some aspects of God's word are very nice. For instance, um, it is God's will that you prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. That one is a very good... Uh, uh, or, I've been young and I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging bread. But the one it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. So serving God is not just exciting places only. It is all encompassing. It is. So when we say Jesus is Lord, you see now, you may even be the president of all the Christians and give us. And you may look very spiritual or you may be a sister spirit. But when you get into a relationship, you will be surprised about the things in you that you see. And you will be surprised about the things in you that God has to work on. And then you begin to say, it's my partner, it's not me. It's my partner, it's not me. So when I say in the beginning, God, I mean having a personal relationship with God. I mean also being submitted to God in every area of Following God is not always ice cream. Following God has aspects of life that are not pleasant. In the same way in your relationship, you will have seasons. I'll come to that in your relationship. You won't have summer throughout. There's nothing like that. 
there's winter, there's fall, there's, there's autumn, there's spring, where things begin to grow again. So you can't have one season, even in your short life. There are times you are happy, and there are times you are not. There are times there's something to shout about. There are times there's nothing to, but everything to cry about in your walk with God. So in the beginning is God. I need to remember some people are unbelievers, but they have successful marriages. I believe that some unbelievers apply biblical principles of forgiveness, endurance, patience, humility, and things like that. And therefore, God has promised that his word works. It's like giving. Sometimes somebody doesn't know God like Cornelius. But when he gives, it will work for him. Because it's a principle. But it's just an area. He can die and go to hell. Although he gives arms and it has come as a memorial. He needed a Peter to come, give him salvation, give him Holy Ghost baptism, give him. So you can't compartmentalize your life and say, oh, only this area. Oh, Jesus, you can come in everywhere. But this area, you cannot come. Just a few weeks ago, I was speaking in Kolebu, and somebody said, oh, I accidentally saw my beloved manhood. How is that possible? Accidentally. Accidentally. And even what she went on to say was not good. Was not good. And therefore, I knew that it wasn't accidental. So we have to know, you know, the Bible says, all things are naked unto him with whom we have to do. But many of us think we have to do with our pastor, our elder, our president, our fellow friends. So we have to look good. But in our closets, we are some way. You have a secret boyfriend. Who doesn't know God at all? A secret girlfriend or a secret one night stand. And we feel very cute and we feel that we have outwitted our leader. But if we know that, when you are taking off that skirt, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Beholding the good and the evil, everywhere. But we don't have a God consciousness in this generation. When we are lying, it's like it's part of life. <laughs> and it may catch us, and you even be using it as a testimony. When I went and then they said this and I said, Lord, what should I say? And God said, that, tell them that this. So I told them, you won't say a lie. I, I, I found a way. Thank God for the way of escape. It's not God. It's yourself. So in the beginning, God, I don't know what I would have done without God. I don't know. I don't know. Because in the time of adversity, who are you going to turn to? What can man do for you anyway? You know, many things in life, only God can intervene. And sometimes you are just walking on a normal road and something just slaps you. That's why the Bible says, you will not be afraid of the arrow that flies by thee. You are just walking an arrow flies. When you meet the arrow, what do you do? But in the beginning, God first. Your relationship with him. Your total and unreserved submission to 
God and to his word is important in every relationship. I see how people even treat beloveds. And I say, hey, if you are my beloved, then I don't like you. You see, a few days ago, my husband had a concert type, won a lot of souls in First Love in Accra. And the, the theme was, I propose to you. Proposed to me, sorry. And then he was singing the song at home and I said, ah, why should the girl tell the man to propose, the boy to propose to him? He said, oh, because he's been going there, taking her for walks, um, visiting her, sending her text messages, but he's not saying anything. <laughs> then I said, so? She's telling him to propose to her. And then he said, ah, but I'm singing the song. It's only the first line. And you're already judging. <laughs> and then I said, okay, sing on. So he sang on. Eh, I take you for walks. I do this. And then you are not saying anything. And so at the end, then I said, but my stance hasn't changed. It's the same. <laughs> he wasn't happy. And I said, why should the girl say to the boy, propose to me? And he said, ah, but why? I said, because... If you are walking around me, taking me for walks, sending me messages, and you are not proposing to me, for me it's a sign that you don't have eyes for the future, so I don't even like you. And then my husband said, ah, but who said we are judging the boy's character? Who said we are judging the boy's character? I said, well, I'm just saying that. I think that is a symptom. You are walking around, you get then you do like that for business, for finances, for everything. And it means that everything in the marriage, I will do it. Go, go your way. God will bring. Ah, okay, I won't even sing the song again. So it ended on that note. But I am trying to say that even in Christian character, how to treat somebody else, it will be affected by your Christianity. Not by kumkumbaja, but by your Christianity. Because the Bible says, let your words minister grace to them that hear you. It says, let your words be unto edifying. Edifying means it builds the person up. So that's just common Christianity, not even the person is your beloved. But if God is not central in your life, all these little things don't matter to you. All that Christianity is for you is to be in church, be active in church, be whatever. But there's no Christ in you. Because when Christ really comes into you, he will change you. The Holy Spirit is too powerful to live us the way we are. He's too powerful. Christ will never, the Son of God, he lives in you. And then you are able to do all these foolish things. No. The Holy Spirit will even give you a conscience. And by that conscience, you can't do certain things. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you in various ways. So then if the Bible says that they that do not have Christ are none of his. Are none of his. And that it's not that they will say, Lord, Lord, that he hears. But those who hear the word of God and do it. Amen. So we need to examine our Christian lives. Because if we were true Christians, you will respect your beloved, whether male or female. Because God says, let your speech minister grace to the person that hears you. It says a word fitly spoken 
is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. So, not only in the relationship, but even in marriage. Even when you are angry. You won't talk anyhow. Why? Because Christ lives in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Not Christ in you. It's not like that. Amen. Where is the Christ? Where is the Christ you profess to be in you? So in the beginning, God. And also, relationships are supposed to progress unto marriage. And marriage is God's idea, not your idea. Not my idea. Not a gun idea. Not a fancy idea. Not an Indian idea. We may have different customs related to how we marry. But marriage itself is God's idea. And if it's God's idea, then it must be operated according to his manual. If you buy a Toyota, you don't use a bicycle's manual to run your Toyota. Therefore, if God is the one who created marriage, then the manual is the Bible. The manual is his word. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says, I am the light of the world. He who walks in me will never walk in darkness. Do you understand? So if the light of the world is in you, a certain darkness, you can't even walk in it. And the word of God is light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and the light. Because you can't see everything in marriage and in the future. And you can't know everything. But then the lamp will lead you step by step. Lamp to your feet. Light to your path. Lamp to your feet. Light to your path. Lamp to your feet. Light to your path. So you can't do without God. If I had married without God, I don't think I'll be standing here today. Because everything would be my idea. And then sometimes your foolish friend's idea. When you ask a friend, the advice they will give you, that friend is not passing her paper, but you think she's, she's worthy to give you advice, which goes contrary to God's word. I was just uh, telling my children that I was reading on BBC that now they say that in the UK and European countries, when children are 10, they must allow them to decide whether inside they feel that they are female or male. And then they must allow them, they must teach them about gay relationships and allow them to decide whether they want to go with boys or go with girls. And I said to my daughters, I said that even driving on the road, they say you should be 18. Then life-changing things like they say 10. What type of nonsense or wisdom? And no, and no. So the way the world is going, you need to know your word. Because if you are going to be led by human wisdom, you will be destroyed. There's a way that seems right to man. By the end of can't you see we are developing, we are going to space, we are, but we are not able to solve problems like terrorism. We are not able to solve some natural disasters. Because there's a God who rules in the affairs of men. Amen. So in the beginning, God, so that you will not walk in darkness. So that you will operate by the manual. And then also so that you will not walk by your own power. The Bible says it's not by might. Look, relationships, marriage, it's not by might. Oh. It's not by beauty. Go and ask Miss Ghana 2014. Whether in 2015 a new queen was not put on the throne. It's not by beauty. 
Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Amen. So you need the word of God so that you have a lamp. So that you have light. So that you will not knock your heels and your head against the... You see, some people who you see in churches today who are wild lady pastors, they have gone to the school of hard knocks and they have uh, graduated. But some of the knocks, you don't need it. I always say that by knowing God and by God correcting me when he had to. Because when I got to... Before I got to first year, I was planning to not backslide, but to become lukewarm. I was coming, I was planning that when I get to Legon, in faith, you understand, it won't be a lot. Because I felt that the Kufi brothers, they look very boring to me. When they crack a joke, it's not funny. You know? So I said, no. These people, I can't believe it, those any of them. So I have to believe those an unbeliever and then bring him to Christ. That's my wisdom. But thank God that he intervened. Amen. And I have no regrets. I have no regrets that God didn't give me any foolish boy in Legon. I met a lot of foolish boys. I still, I still, meet, I still meet them. That's why I'm not sure whether they will be listening. Some of them even say after today, hey, mommy, so you didn't marry me. Even one came to my church and, and then was talking to my mother. I said, this church, I will never come here. I came because somebody invited me. And my mother said, really, why? I said, because your wife, she's supposed to be, your daughter, she's supposed to be my wife, not the wife of Bishop Dad. <laughs> but thank God for his deliverance. And why, how did God deliver me? Was it that I saw and then I was very mature and then I said, no. The Holy Spirit literally walked into my room. And God reminded me about his word. And I broke down and I cried so much. I've not entered a, a relationship with a person who I'm thinking of. But the tears I cried, you would think that the person was my beloved sisters. And no. <laughs> but God said to me, come out from among them and be separate. And I will be a God to you. And you shall be my sons and my daughters. I just said, hands up, Lord. It wasn't my wisdom. It was the light. The lamp, the light, the lamp. It delivered me from darkness. I didn't know what God had prepared for me, but just the word. And that's what has led me here today. Because God knew what he had prepared, but I didn't know. And I was about to mess up my future, maybe. Because the person was an unbeliever. I witnessed to him. He gave his life to Christ in two seconds. You want to receive Christ? Yes, now. <laughs> After today, he's not born again. You see, sisters, you can't be deceived, though. But God's word came, and I said, yes, Lord. I don't think I know better. I think you know better. In the beginning, God, it is very important. Amen. Don't just be an attending Christian. Don't just be a Christian. You see, some people say the God, when they are praying, they say, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, and the God of Isaac. But they don't know God for themselves. You know him through Abraham, through Jacob, and through Isaac. But he must be the God of Adelaide. The God of June. The God of John. The God of Peter. You must know God for yourself. Beloved, it's not a group of friendship thing. 
It's a personal thing. And it's important that I stress that. Because whatever you do, if it's not built on the rock, which is Jesus, it will not work. Amen. That's why you see great people, and they've married about eight times. Because they are trying. It is said that statistics have proven that when you marry once and you marry again, your, your propensity for divorce increases. You understand? But I thought that, oh, if you get to the second marriage, you would have learned all your mistakes. And then if the second person is also coming, he's also learned his mistakes. So two people who have learned their mistakes, they'll be more mature than the two uh, know-nothing people who started in the beginning. But statistics doesn't say that. So when I look, I say, ah, there's a way that seems right to us. At the end, is death, the Bible says, in the beginning. Turn to your friend and say, in the beginning, God. Amen. When we put God first, the thing is that you become part of a kingdom. And every kingdom has rules, isn't it? Every nation has rules. In Ghana, we have rules. Rules for acquisition of citizenship. You can't just come and say, oh, I feel like being a Ghanaian, so get me a Ghanaian passport. It's illegal. You must have one grandparent or parent who is Ghanaian. That's why when you are renewing your passport, they ask, who is your grandfather? Who is your grandmother? Then when you don't know law, you say, why are they asking me all this? My grandmother died long ago. But it's because... It's because they want to trace how... You gain your citizenship. And then they ask you, address of grandmothers. Ah, when my grandmother was saying, how am I supposed, I hear it in my office, you know. How am I supposed to know? But because you don't know the rules of the kingdom, you need that. Or if you are married to somebody, even in some foreign countries, when you marry somebody who is a foreigner, you don't immediately get a passport these days because of the kululu. So you must have lived, I think, in the UK for 283 days. It's called the, the test of, um, I forgot the name, test of something, to show that you spend most of your time there. And that when you mind the person, you really mind. So after five years, so they'll give you, let's say, a work permit. But after five years, then you can get permanent residence. Then after permanent residence, you can get a passport to really be a national. So they are Rules and regulations. In the same way, in the kingdom of God, there are rules and regulations. For instance, in the kingdom of God, the way up is down. He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you. It's a different principle. In the world, you don't humble yourself. Jesus said that in the world, all the great people lord it over other people. But you, rather be a servant unto everybody. So there are kingdom principles that you need to get it right. Amen. So God's kingdom has some principles and laws by which we need to operate. Amen. Now, little brother, why do we need these kingdom principles? Let's turn our Bibles to James chapter 3. Reading from 14. James 
But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is what? But is what? Another version says earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Amen. What the Bible is saying in essence, when I say operate by kingdom laws and kingdom principles, one of the principles is that don't go by worldly wisdom. Kingdom principles, one of the principles, don't go by worldly wisdom. And then the book of James is telling us the wisdom from beneath is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Amen? I remember when I had to uh, remember this verse, I said long ago in my youthful ESD, earthly, sensual, devilish, the wisdom that is from this world. And then he says, but the wisdom from above is peaceable. Amen? Easy to be entreated, full of mercy, full of good fruits. So those are some of the principles that the kingdom of God operates by. It operates from the wisdom that is from above, not by the wisdom that is from beneath. So you need to operate kingdom principles, not worldly principles. The Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. So when you come into the kingdom, you make God first, yes. It translates you into a kingdom. Lady Reverend, why do you say that? Because the Bible says he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So you start to operate in that kingdom. Now when you are in that kingdom, there are laws and rules that should operate in that kingdom. I gave you the example of the citizenship laws and rules. So if you come into the kingdom of God, then your wisdom must change. Your wisdom should not be earthly. Earthly means around, worldly. And there's a lot of worldly wisdom, which seems plausible, which seems sensible, which seems reasonable, but it is the wisdom of the world. Amen? When you hear people on television say, I'm not the one to judge people as to who they should love. Therefore, if they want to love a man, it's their choice. Because in life, you cannot choose somebody for somebody to love. So if a woman says she loves a woman, you must leave the liberty to, you know, for that to happen. Amen. But the Bible will say in Leviticus 20, thou shalt not lie with another man as a man lies with a woman. I didn't make the rules, but I found out that God's word is always true. And you, this generation, you are bombarded by earthly wisdom so much. Beauty and the Beast, new one released. There's a gay moment in it. And they say, oh, it's just a moment. Beauty and the Beast was a harmless a nursery story, primary school story. Now, they say they have to be culturally relevant. So your child will tell you, Mommy, they are showing Beauty and the Beast. I'm going to watch it. But it's a different Beauty and the Beast. 
And I saw on BBC, Doctor Who now has <laughs> a same gender partner. You see, it's subtle. And it's through movies. And it's through other things. How can you then have a wisdom that is separate from that? You have to only be in that kingdom. And that wisdom should not be earthly. And it should not be sensual based on your senses. So many of you, when you are choosing a partner, you choose by senses. The brothers. I like her hips. I like her bust. I like her. Look, the bust will do nothing for you. The bust will do nothing for you. So lady reverend, but what about in the bedroom? At a point you won't even notice it. At a point you won't even notice. And when the person is so beastly, you won't even see that part. When they come for counseling, lady reverend, I don't even want my little finger to touch her. I'm so repulsed by the way she behaves and the way she... The Bible says beauty is vain. It's not that beauty is not important, but it is vain. Sensual. Sensual means it's based on your five senses. The sense of sight, the sense of smell, the sense of hearing, the sense of taste, the sense of touch. And there yeah, are five. Right? The sense of touch is called tactile senses. Isn't it? The sense of smell is olfactory. You don't know. <laughs> the sense of eyes is visual. The sense of hearing is auditory. Auditory. That's what the word audio. Audio means you are listening. And the sense of touch is tactile. Touch. You see? So these five senses should not lead you. The, the sisters, did you ever, the way he's tall, when he speaks, his voice is deep. <laughs> what is a deep voice going to do for you? Tell me. The wisdom from the earth is earthly, sensual. Sensual. The Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk in the spirit and we do not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Amen. So before you even start out with somebody, don't let earthly wisdom. It is wisdom. It is wisdom, but it is earthly. It is sensual and it is eventually devilish. Amen. I met a brother I was with on Sunday evening. He said, mommy, he's married. He said, mommy, these days the girls that have come in, they are very deadly and occulting. I said, well, say, who am I not yet the When I say yet the I said that, hey, I've even heard that even in Legon, when they use the eyeshadow, the eyeshadow has something that draws you. Sensual. And I don't doubt it because. In Legon, I led my friend, a lady, to Christ. And she confessed to me that she had been with another lady I know to a malam in Benin to get a guy they wanted. And I had to take her through deliverance and all that. And I was shocked to my socks that anything like that existed. Then, how much more now? You know, and you are being led by earthly, sensual, and eventually devilish. Earthly because sometimes you say, he has money. The money can get finished. I've seen it. 
People wedded as wealthy and then they fell on bad times. That's why in the marriage vows you say for better, for worse. Because worse is part of it. Whether you want to admit it or not. Amen. So if you are marrying a man just because, oh, he's from this family and he has this money and he has it. The father hasn't died. Oh. So maybe the father has even given him nothing. They say it's from this song. When I marry him, everything will be from Tom, like Vono mattress. It's not like that. <laughs> you are being led by your senses. And then it becomes deaf. You see a brother, he's standing here, leading. I look at the man in his bends. And then this dry brother, when you she, even when we are passing, Granat Christ, I mean, I mean, Tom, he has nothing. How can he be anything for me? Earthly, sensual, devilish. Because most treasures come out of the rough. And most treasures don't look attractive. Especially the brothers. When you are in class with them, you don't know what they will become. But many years down the line, (laughs) many years down the line, you will see, like I've been seeing, that, ah, when you look around, you know, when I look in my last, ah, the chairman of the Bar Association of Ghana is my mate. The chief justice under Kufo, not the chief justice, the attorney general, is my mate. The minister of transport and railways now is my mate. The president of, uh, the head of immigration, the director of immigration is my mate. But they didn't look like that. I'm sure they may hear me preaching. They didn't look like that on campus. You can't see that. The big men of God in town, they didn't look like that. Some of them, I can testify, even belts, they couldn't buy. They had cloth in there because fasting. Their trousers were going down. I don't want to mention names, but it's real. And some of them will come and say, Mommy, there were two Nabi I never thought they would become anything. But thank God that we didn't despise them. Today, they are great men. When they are coming, they say, I just, I just want him to say hello to me. I just want him to send me a text. I don't want... But it wasn't that when he was proposing to his wife. So this is now many years. 28 years, 27 years, 25 years, 20 years before you are seeing what you are seeing. The wisdom from this world is ethnic, sensual. Sometimes it even comes from your parents. They see the parents, I had a cousin, and then my aunt asked her, what job does a guy do? So he asked her, but today, he's a big time, when I mention his company, you will know it. But that's not how he started. And their business started on a dining table. I was there. So when you go to a conditioned shop, the receptionist will, Condition officer, reception say, Come with me, madam. You say, Ah, that's the type of man I want to marry. He started as an artist working at Circle. When they say, Circle, 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 dance, man, he goes into that trotro. The wisdom from this world is earthly, sensual, and devilish. You don't have to look for only material things. What is important is that. The person must have eyes for the future. You understand? The person must be going somewhere. If even his ministry, he must have a vision. He must be somebody who has a drive. Not somebody that everything, he doesn't know what he's about. 
That is also not good, brothers. If you have to lead me, then please lead me well. But not that you are leading me. <laughs> the wisdom from this world is earthly, sensual, and devilish. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. That's what the Bible is saying. Pure. James 3.16, I believe. The wisdom from above is first of all pure. Peaceable. Peaceable. Peaceful, if you like. Peaceable. Easy to be entreated. Without partiality. Full of mercy and full of good fruits. Those are the qualities you must look for. And without hypocrisy. How did God have this wisdom to write all this? Because he lived before you and I got here. The wisdom from above says, oh, peaceable. A lady that every day when you say something, he's quarreling with you. A gentleman that everything you say, say eh, you, you think you know. Everything there's an issue. Everything there's an argument. I believe it can be corrected, but it must be corrected early. It is wise, ladies, to be peaceable. Some of you are too cantankerous. Started it right and getting it right. And some of us came out of war zones. When you come out of war zones, you don't know. That's what you've seen all your life. You remember the young lady who came to our office who said that all that she knows is insults and shouting. Insults and shouting. She said, when my mother shouts, I shout back. So now even when, when she shouts and I don't shout, I say, hey, what, what's going on? She said, Lady Reverend, that's all I know. I know insults and I know shouting. If such a person has come to Christ, she's telling, she told me that she was so surprised that at the church, even the little children, she'll see, they're saying, please, thank you. All right, mommy. She was surprised, but she doesn't have anything like that in her life. Such a person coming from this background. I'm not saying she shouldn't have a beloved, but I'm saying she should allow the Holy Spirit to work on her. For after all, God is at work in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. But when you have lived in a war zone, literally, where they shot, you see the child soldiers, it has affected them. They can become normal. And it takes a lot of a reconditioning to bring them to that place. And we also are coming from different places. Some of us, we always heard our mother insulting our father. Or we always heard our father shouting at our mother and being very disrespectful. You don't even know it has affected you, but it has. Because what you behold, you become. The Bible says, as we behold his glory, we are changed from glory to glory. So whatever you behold, you become. So at the end of the day, you don't like it. Say, I don't like the way my father treats my mother. Lady Reverend, I don't want to treat my wife that way. Then you marry. Yours is times 20. You are doing it. Why? Because behavioral scientists say, when you see and see and see, you become. That is why victims of abuse become abusers. But the Holy Spirit can change us. The wisdom from above is first of all peaceable. Full of mercy. Lady Reverend, what does mercy have to do with relationship? Mercy will say, you are wrong, but I've forgiven you. You are wrong, but I can overlook it. You are wrong, but, you know, I can let it go. You need all these things in marriage. And that's why we should tap into the wisdom that comes from above. 
The wisdom that comes from the world is all senses. How you look, how your hips look, how your dressing is, how your hair is. All the things that can be seen by the eye. But the wisdom that comes from above, everything it talks about is from within. You know? So that kingdom principle must work in our lives. Amen, ladies. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. You see, so if you're on your way to hell and you don't know God, some things look like foolishness to you, including preaching. But if you're in the kingdom, things, your value system is different. So you need to reorient your value system, even in choosing a beloved. Amen? Purity and virginity is also important. Songs of Solomon chapter 1 verse 16. Behold, thou art fair, my beloved, yea, pleasant. Also, our bed is green. Our bed is green. On the day you are marrying, your bed should be green. That's why in geography they talk about virgin forests. It means it hasn't been touched or tampered with. So when it says, my, my beloved, our bed, not your bed, not mine only, but our bed is green. Green denotes virginity. Something that is not mature. And some of us, from where we have gone to work, we are too mature. Our beds are purple, brown, <laughs> and other yellow, black, and other colors. But the Bible says about God, In him there's mercy. In him there's mercy. Amen. Say God who is rich in mercy. So some of us have gone to work somewhere. But before Christ, he sees us all as washed by his blood. But when you have come into the kingdom, purity and virginity should be something you aspire to. Starting it right is that start in holiness. Start in purity. It matters. I once counseled a couple and the woman was insisting. They hadn't been married for long, weeks, years ago. Lady Reverend, he's sleeping with this girl. I know, Lady Reverend, I know. And the Holy Spirit prompted me and I asked her, I said, the way you are so insistent, did you sleep around with each other before you got married? Then she hung her head. Did you sleep with each other before you got married? Then she hung her head. I said, that's why you don't trust him. Because you know he's capable of doing that. So you have sown a seed of mistrust without knowing. And that seed of mistrust is now fighting you in your own marriage. Marriage is supposed to be a discovery. It's not supposed to be something you have seen it all already. Where lies the excitement when you've seen it all? Also, our bed is green. Our bed is green. It's a virgin bed. It's beautiful. We are looking forward to discovering each other. What works for the person? What do we get excited about? Oh, I didn't even know that this whole. And you are all growing up together and discovering each other together. I met a prominent pastor in town with my husband. He said that I have a very serious marriage counseling case. My husband said, why? Well, I said that the lady when she married... The man said that she's too advanced. 
We were traveling at the airport. Eh? The man said she's too advanced. And I, I was with the pastor's wife and I said, advanced that what? I said, hey. He said the first night. Hey. She's PhD. She's doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this. Then the pastor asked the brother, oh, but are you not happy that your wife is making you happy? Said, she makes me happy, but pastor is disturbing me, is disturbing me. Bishop and I were laughing, and then the pastor said, but the marriage is over. The guy was not able to handle it. You see, but if God forgives, then you should also forgive the pastor of the person. And also, she's bringing her experience to bear. Amen. So, if God says that our bed should be green, during relationships, start it right. Start it right. Because when he leaves you, you'll be very sad. All that probatics he has left you. You know, a brother was like that. He was like a butterfly, hopping from here, from here. And then when he eventually had to choose a beloved, he chose somebody he had never slept with. And I said, ah, what about the other people? <laughs> this is the one I like. Her bed is green. <laughs> Amen. And also, you never know God's, um, God's, um, God's destiny for you. You don't know. So if you've made mistakes, it's enough. But we don't want when later you have become the first lady of some mega church. Then your former boyfriends, eight of them, they are calling you, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> then you are walking some music It happens. It happens. Don't use your life as an experiment. Believe that God's word is true. Because the purity will also help you. Both of you. Both of you. It's not as the brothers will be pressing you. Because men are more sexual. Pressing you. If you love me, do this. And so why won't you do this? And don't tell anybody. And don't. Uh, and then he will leave. And unfortunately, when I hear about the stories. Take, lay gone. Whatever. Committing suicide because of a boy. Ah, ready. Why? Is he Christ or his oxygen? Which of the two? He has left you, so it's the end of the world. There's nothing like that. That's why you should start with God, so that your foundation will be Christ and not a human being. Amen, ladies. So purity and holiness are important. Otherwise, you have very difficult marriages. And you can't keep pure in the marriage because you never practiced it before you got married. So now when you become very influential, you are the boss, MD of some company, bishop of some big church. You have done it so much. You are not used to self-control. You are not used to how to even, the Bible says, let every man learn how to possess his own vessel. You don't know how. So because of that, self-control is not part of you. Whatever you want, you take. And then it costs you because the things that the promotion is not just giftings. Giftings will put you there, but character is what will cause it to um, last. So we need to nurture purity 
and holiness. Now, this generation I find, the Bible says, make straight paths for your feet. You make a lot of crooked paths for your feet. A girl calls you, elder, elder, brother, I'm having a problem, come. 11 o'clock, behind some tree, under some chair. Only you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. <laughs> Only you. Only you. So you take yourself, eh, you go. Elder, my beloved has left me. Oh, what's happened? Oh, I don't know. Then, before you realize her head is, and that you are a comforting brother. The gifts and callings are on you. So you start to comfort. And before you know, your hands are in places they shouldn't be. Then you say, oh, lady reverend. I fell. The Bible says the prudent man, he sees the evil that is ahead and he keeps himself. Don't go to dark corners. Make straight paths. Bring her into the light. And don't meet the opposite sex alone. Why can't somebody else go with you? Sometimes we want to feed our own lusts. And we say we are doing the work of God. Amen. The Bible says, henceforth have we no confidence in the flesh. You don't have to put confidence in this thing. This thing, it will disgrace you. Have you not got running stomach before? <laughs> that it was about to disgrace you. And you had to, look, one preacher came. When we were in Kolegono. And we had not constructed toilets. So he was preaching. Oh, the spirit was moving. And running stomach. He had to leave immediately. I myself, some years ago, was traveling on STC with my mother. I said, I don't know what I ate my stomach. They stopped at my casino. Hey, no loo there. My goodness. Then my mother said, oh. Oh, there's a house here. You can go. She was on the bus. So I went. When I knocked, some big man, hey, one <laughs> I had to wait for this big man. Then I had to explain to him, oh, please, I'm on the bus and I don't know what I ate. And da, 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 da. then after that, I came on the bus, you know, with my high heel and my, <laughs> and my two knownness. And I came to sit by my mother. My mother said, oh, why have you made your face so nice and things? I said, oh, I said, oh, the driver has taken the mic and said that the lady here. She has having, she's having problems with her stomach and has gone to look for somewhere. So she said, Charlie, stop posing. The driver has announced it. Henceforth. Have we no confidence in the flesh? Amen. Why do you counsel a sister alone? It's just brotherly love. Let brotherly love continue. Then you are sending different texts. Then it starts with pictures. Why do you need a picture? For what? She's not your beloved. What do you need a picture for? We play with sin a lot. And in the end, we say, hey, this flesh, this is you who made provision for the flesh. Ephesians 4 says, make no provision for the flesh. It also says, give no place to the devil. Brothers, it's true that you are doing ministry work. 
But the Bible says, let your love abound in all wisdom and knowledge. Amen. So you need wisdom. When I was beloved dozing, my husband, my husband was beloved dozing. Which one is it? We spoke about things before we even got deep in the beloved dozing. We said that we are making standards for ourselves. So when you come to my room and you are upset about something and you are crying and all that, as much as I would like to comfort you, I will walk out of the room. Not because I don't love you, but because we have to preserve this temple for him. So when I go to the medical school, something has happened. My, this is my paper, whatever. So, oh, it will be okay. And then he's going. <laughs> you will survive. It will be okay. Why? Because the Bible says, flee youthful lust. But some of you, you are entertaining youthful lust. You are sleeping with youthful lust. You are meditating on youthful lust. You are watching youthful lust. And when you feel, say, hey, do you ever pray for me? I can't. You will not be able. Amen. And we also said, when I come and visit, we open the door. Because you are alone in the medical school and so you are in love. Hey. Both bodies are in love. It's not easy. So you open the door so that nothing can happen because you know the door is open. The Bible says make straight paths for your feet. It's practical things that you put in place so that you can walk in purity. Amen. Otherwise, sin leads to another. You fall. After that, you are pregnant. After that, you are bought. Like David's sin. You take somebody's wife. You sleep with her. Then after that, there's a baby. Then now the husband is coming from the war. You don't know what to do. So you call the husband to come. Then you kill him because the husband doesn't do his best for you to do what you plan. Then after you kill him, you also now have to deal with this pregnancy. And then you don't know what to do. And God takes the pregnancy. And on and on and on. One thing leads to another. So purity is important in relationships and you must cultivate it now. Because when you marry, you will not just be attracted to only your wife. And in some cases, people are not just attracted to only their husbands. Some people go to the office, your husband has treated you and then or spoken to you in another way. The way you walk in, your nice co-worker or your boss says, I've told the story before because I counseled the lady. She said that the husband was very um, physical and had beaten her. You know? And then she cleaned up and stood by the roadside and then this BMW stopped with nice music and rolled down his glass and said, where are you going, beautiful? Quickly did she sit in the car. <laughs> the rest is history. A married woman with two children. Yeah. Because when she had the beautiful, after being beautiful, she said, I regret marrying you. You are a foolish woman. You are so oh, beautiful. And then when they got to the place, the man said, I can't even let you go, beautiful flower. When will I meet you again? He said, hey, these words, I've not heard some before in a long while. But by the grace of God, when you make straight paths for your feet, you would have gone through some of these things and you are able to handle your body better. Amen. Amen. Cultivate the fruits of the Spirit. 
Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22. Cultivate the fruits of the Spirit. Lady Reverend, what do we need that for? What do we need the fruits of the Spirit for? The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, or self-control is the same word. Gentleness, temperance, which means self-control. And what does it say? Against gentleness is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if we really allow the Holy Spirit to be king, our marriages should work, but they are not working. Because there's no joy. It's not the fruits of Jono, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's not the fruits of Joanna, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit is joy. Joy, joy. You must be joyful in Christ before you meet that foolish boy. The fruits of the Holy Spirit is in us already. Joy, love, love. And if you read just the definition of love in 1 Corinthians 30, you yourself will tell me that. You don't know what love is. Love is patient. Love suffers long and is kind. It's a whole sermon. Love is not boastful. But love is not arrogant. Love is not rude. We are boastful. You, if I had not come for you from Tetekrachi later when you become MD. Say, if I had not come for you from Tetekrachi, today you've come on. Look at how you are talking to me. Am I not the one who showed you Accra? Well, what is Accra anyway? My husband says that. I, I, I made that, I made that, the walk of life. Eh, you were nothing. And then I made you something, and I said to the husband, hey, that was what God also said. She was nothing. You were nothing. You didn't have anything. I, I, I brought you up, and I took you to Las Palmas, and I took you. What do you have that you didn't receive? But if you are walking in love, you will know that love is not boastful. Love is not arrogant, and love is not rude. And what is this love from? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So we need the fruits of the Spirit absent from our relationships and our marriages. Love, joy, peace. Hey, like I said, everything is war. He didn't come. So because of that, you won't talk to him for two days. And you said you were coming. And he made me put all my books away. Why should you put your books away? Why should you put your books away? Why should the clock stop because he's coming or she's coming? I remember once I told my husband, I will come and visit you at this time. And then my mother sent me, when I, could go, when I got there, I said, I've been waiting the whole day like the second coming of Jesus. <laughs> but the clock should not stop when you are waiting. So love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Long suffering. Beloved, if there's anything I can prophesy to you, is that in marriage you will need long suffering. You know, I, I don't believe in having marriage seminars that are not practical and don't speak the truth and look like, oh, it's just going to be love every day. You look in my eyes, I look in your eyes. And, oh, Peter. Because there are bills to be paid. Amen. Amen. Love suffers long. Love suffers long. Hey, Reverend, why does love suffer? 
One, you are male and female. That makes you very different. Two, you have different temperaments. That makes you very different. Three, you are coming from different backgrounds. That makes you very different. Four, you have different values. That makes you very different. Five, you have different experiences. That makes you very, very, very different. And yet, I have often wondered why God put two incongruous things like oil and water together. And not only that, he says, those two shall be one. Wow. And then, do you know what he says? He says, marriage is a mystery. It is a mystery. You cannot understand. My church member, her father divorced the mother 47 years ago. It's not years ago. Counseling I did a few years ago. 47 years ago, he divorced his first wife. And then after that, he married, had three children. Then left that one too. Married again, no children. Now the man passed away. But before he will pass away, this man will be calling the first wife for 47 years. Oh, come and visit me small. But why are you not coming? And then she will also go. When the man passed away, she called her mother. She didn't know the father had passed away. Hysterical praying. What? Hey! 47 years he left you. 47 years. You haven't. It's a mystery. And then when he was sick, he would be calling his first wife. Oh, my family called hospital. Then the, the wife would say, but your wife is at home. Which one? Come, come and take me. <laughs> the mystery of marriage. And so many other fantastic things she told me, I couldn't even believe. Up to now, 47 years ago, you said you don't like me. 47 years after, you are calling me, you are telling me you want light soup. And also, she's also doing it with zeal. <laughs> marriage is a mystery, and it doesn't make sense. So, even my husband says it in one of his books, I think ethics, when you are counseling married people, don't say, oh, your husband is not a good man. You are this. Hey. After the counseling, they'll come to you for dedication twins. <laughs> the same married couple. So marriage is a mystery. And the Bible says that. Because you can't even understand. You can be very happy today. And then one small argument has thrown the thing out of work. That's long suffering. Will make you say, Lord, I really feel like going away, eh? This foolishness. But because of your word, just give me grace to go through. And the man also needs grace to stay with a woman like you. Today you are happy, tomorrow you are not. In the morning when he wakes up, there's nothing. You've made your face. The clouds are coming down. The next time when he comes from work, <laughs> like a mad woman, he cannot decipher or handle the two. How can the marriage work? It has to be temperance. Self-control. He has to control himself from hitting you. He has to control himself from not eating your food because he's angry with you. He has to control himself from not touching you because he's angry with you. He has to control himself from going for another woman because he thinks the other woman is being nice to him. But not nice. There's men don't know that it's temporal. You haven't lived with her before. She will be nice. You wait till you live together. That's another story. Amen. But God knows ahead of time that you need all these things. And do you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? It said, and I want to tell you that the fruits are not eaten by the tree that bears them. They are enjoyed by the other person. So when you bear these fruits, it's for your partner. He enjoys 
how sweet the fruit is. Amen? So your patience, your love, your self-control, all that is helping the marriage and it's helping the other person. And the other person is also helping you. So, why do you look for other things? You are reading what? What love books are there? You are reading books that Okunkumbaja say oh oh so you know me yapa now then no no so yes God knows that as He has come to live in you with the Holy Spirit, the fruits that He's He's churning out in you are enough to see you through that marriage and to see you through that relationship. Before you marry, you need love, you need joy. Why joy, Lady Reverend? Because the source of your joy is not a man. And the source of your joy is not a woman. The source of your joy is Christ. The man and the woman is just a tip, a, um, a top up. You see, you have units already. You are just topping up. You have Christ already. And you are just topping up. But the fruits of the Spirit are very important, even in relationships. Love, arrogant, rude. Then you'll be telling her, you, you are lucky that I proposed to you. Can't you see a lot of sisters don't have anybody? Hey. Please, the door is here. The door is here. Yes, she's blessed that you proposed to her, but you are also blessed. You're also blessed that she said yes. It takes two to tango. And not every brother gets a yes. Ask them. So mutual respect is important. Mutual respect. You see, I met some young men. They have beloved. said, come. Do they make unto me? I mean, even the way you ask. Can I have some unto me? Oh, it would be nice if you make unto me for me. And now you have made it, whatever. Even the Bible says that even our servants, we should talk to them properly. Do you see? So even if the person is your servant, will you treat the person that way? And you have not given her any pocket money. Her mother has brought her to school. And you feel like it's unto me. And you are saying it as if it's the first commandment with a promise. <laughs> And then she makes a kotomi. And then she brings the brother is sitting there. He eats the kotomi. He says, hey, this kotomi is one over ten. And yet the guy, how do you nurture the gifts in the person? How do you encourage the gifts in the person? You should say, I shouldn't say you should lie. You should say that this kotomi didn't work. But I think that you should learn how to cook properly. And I think, and then you, the sister, to in humility, accept that it's not nice. Hey, but why it's not nice? That's how it is. Yeah. Eat it like that. Eat it like that. You every day. It's not masalachi you buy. Eat it. Amen. If you have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, gentleness. You are a sister. Don't be yas and toa. Be yas and toa in things that matter. But don't be yas and toa in fighting your husband. Yas and toa fought for the Ashanti nation. She didn't fight her. At least we don't know that. You have made yourself Amatazan and Ajua Rambo. We don't need that. Amen. And you see, I feel that when the world talks and say, don't do that, be kind, be gentle, then we have become like the world. But when, where we tap it from is from the Holy Spirit, then that will last and that will be real. 
And that is why I go to the source. And look, the fruits of the Spirit are important. Sometimes your spouse will talk, or beloved will speak to you in a way he shouldn't. But two wrongs don't make a right. You know, but some of you, you freak out and say, eh, I mean, I only make Kasasan, you come and meet me here. Who dear cobra? You know, what is that? We must learn how to speak, and it all flows from the fruits of the Holy Spirit. If it flows from how much you love the person, it will change. Because sometimes the person will not look lovable to you. But if it flows from your love for God, it will be consistent. And it won't change because God never changes. And also, you are looking for your reward from God. So even though the person is annoying you, God is encouraging you to press on and that you will be blessed in your doing. And then, not only do you affect your marriage, you affect your children. Because they see how you talk to your father, their father. See how you talk to the mother. They see how you treat each other. And then they may or may turn away from Christ, depending on how you are. Because they see you speaking in tongues about your behavior in the house. is not good. But if you share the nature the fruits of the Spirit, then those things will last in you. Amen. The fruit is actually for your beloved and not for you. Did I say that? Songs of Solomon chapter 7 verse 13. The mandrakes give a smell. Are you there? And at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old which I have laid up for thee, O my beloved. Which I have laid up for thee, O my beloved. So the fruits and the precious things are for your beloved. Patience is not usually for yourself, it's for the other person. Peace for the other person. Love for the other person. Self-control for the other person. The fruits are, for, are laid out for your beloved. Amen, somebody. Pray about your choices. Pray about your choices and your decisions. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 to 7. In some of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In most of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In 10% of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In all your ways. Acknowledge him. This is a verse that has helped me so much and has worked miracles in my life. Because God taught me a long time that in all your ways, so before I make a decision, before I make a choice, before I do anything, whether it's business, whether it's my mother's place, my, my father's shops, whatever it is, I say, God, we need tenants. People are doing juju in their house. But you are a rock. You are a fortress. You are the power that I know. Lord, use your power to bear. And bless this thing. And then I sit in my room and I call people. Lord, bring customers to them. Lord, let their business work. Lord, let them. Not only in business. In all your ways. So whether it's children. Whether it's husband. Whether it's myself. Whether it's work. Whether it's ministry. In all your ways. So how come when you are choosing a beloved, you don't acknowledge him? God is the one who can see everything. God is the one who knows the future. And he is saying, in all your ways, acknowledge me. 
And when you acknowledge me, I'll direct your path. When you pray, you don't wait. Okay, God, now I've finished. So you two tell me what you think. It's not like that. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge you. Then as you are walking, I'll direct your path. When you get here, you see that there's a hedge. You can't climb over. So you walk here. When you see it, you see that there's a path. Because you have acknowledged him, he begins to direct your path. When he directs your path, I believe that he brings the people whom you are supposed to meet into your life. Amen. I remember that when I finished A-level, all my predecessors, or virtually all, except my sister who was before me, but even she later on, yes, had schooled in England because my father believed a lot in sending his children abroad to school. So then I filled the UCAS form, and then I chose law and all that. I got it, and I passed, and my father was taking me abroad. I didn't know so much, but I just used to pray. Oh God, show me your will. Oh God, show me your will. And then later, it was like, oh, it's just first year. So my mother was against me going to school abroad. So she said, oh, when children are young like this, about 17, you shouldn't send them and all that. So then I didn't go. Then the universities were closed. Then it came up again. And this time I actually went. And then my husband wrote to me. He was not my beloved then. But he was a close friend of mine. And uh, how do you say? A stakeholder. So <laughs> he kept writing to me. You are God's garden. How do you know that uh, England is the good condition for a garden to thrive in? You are God's garden. A plant does not do well anywhere. Every garden has the right conditions for it. You must ask God what he thinks. You shouldn't just go because your father said, hey, now this guy. <laughs> What's his own? He was my friend and my president. Very, very emphatic, you know. And then I went and in two weeks I was back because one, there didn't seem to be any thriving church around. Number two, I could see that if I stay here, I will backslide to the nonsense degree. And then also, the universities were open. So I came back. And when I look back, I think that even my choice of university going at that time, I didn't even know my husband. And I was supposed to be roommates with my... Anyway, by the way, I, I got married four times to the same person. So I was supposed to be roommates with one of my maids of honor. And um, my sister changed it before I got to Legon. So this my very good friend went to another room. So I would always go and visit her. Every morning we'd go for lectures together, although we did different subjects. And it was there that I met my husband because the other roommates came from Achimota School, whom I also didn't know. And so, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he would direct you. He will show you things you don't know. That when you see, you say, no, 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 this one, it won't work. Sometimes you want to be in the ministry and you say that the person is totally averse to the ministry. But you won't see it. He said, oh, I love you. Anything you choose, I will do. But something will come up and then you see the no. So please, acknowledge him in all your ways so that he can direct your path. Amen. Amen. And also use wisdom. Use wisdom. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Amen. 1 Corinthians 1.24 Christ is not only the power of God. He's also the wisdom of God. So you must use wisdom. Do you have similar interests? 
are you people who get along? After that, I love you, I love you, I love you. Is there a relationship and a friendship that will last? Because after I love you, I tell you, you settle to normal life. Normal life, going to work, coming, children, everything. But when you come home and you put the children to sleep and all that, is there anything to talk about? Some people never cultivate their relationship. There's nothing to talk about. So use wisdom. God will never give you somebody you don't like. Amen? But your reason for not liking the person may be a foolish reason. Therefore, you will correct your foolishness. Do you understand? And then also, you can meet people in various ways. In all your ways. It means that God doesn't use just one way. So sometimes, you can meet somebody by recommendation. That, oh, you and this brother. I think you will be very good partners. So you should hit it off and see. Me, I'll never tell you that. Become beloved. So that when things don't go, you say, Lady Reverend prophesied. I'll never do that. But I'll tell you that, oh, I think that usually I'll talk to the brothers, not the sisters. I'll say that, I think that this sister is a good person and that you should get to know her. Some of the brothers, they are looking for hips. So they say, oh, no, no, mommy. Okay. I leave you. You go. Riga Maro, but we all have um, the liberty of choice. But don't say, I have to meet him myself. Nobody can tell me that you and you may get on. It can't be by, how do you say, recommendation. It can't be in all your ways. There are ways in which God works. So allow God to work in that way. And then be approachable. This is the time when you should be plucking your cocoa on campus. On campus. Because when you go to the world, it's more difficult. This is the place you meet people. You know, they are youthfulness. You get to know them. You have time. You have time more than in the working world. So this is the time to get a beloved. But some of you brothers, from level 100 down to 400, you are dry. You know? And you have unrealistic expectations. Very unrealistic. Very, very, very unrealistic. Come down to earth and use wisdom. Okay? Amos 3.3 Can any two walk except they be agreed? You must be agreed. You must be agreed. So, relationships afford you that relationship, that opportunity to be agreed and to move on. Amen. That doesn't mean you should not, the person should be attractive to you. That's why the Bible says, draw me after you and let us run together. So you must be drawn. You must be drawn to the person. But you must also receive a multitude of counsel. Because the Bible says in a multitude of counsel, there's safety. So talk to somebody who is spiritually mature. Oh, I've seen this girl. I like her. Then the person will ask you some questions. Is she this? Is she that? Do you know about this? Do you know about that? Do you think this? Do you think that? Then you are flowing. Do you see? Okay. So I'm running. So um, lastly, I have other things to say, but lastly, be be know that you have to be whole in Christ. You have to be whole in Christ. The Bible says, the fullness of the Godhead body dwelleth in our God and we are complete in him. It's not when you become, you get a beloved that you become complete. You are complete before you get a beloved because you are complete in Christ. So, sisters, we are too frail and we make relationships our everything. It's not healthy to make a relationship your everything. Let God be your everything. And don't ditch your female friends because you have found a beloved. 
Yes, have time for your relationship, but you need your friends. Because your beloved cannot meet your every need. Brothers, there's no woman, one woman, that God has created to fulfill all your needs. So your fulfillment must come from Christ. And you are complete in Christ. When your husband is not happy with you in the marriage, your world should not fall apart. You should be strong because you have learned to be complete in him. And also to nurture other relationships. Esther went to the palace with seven maidens. Rebecca went to marriage with maidens and with Deborah. Sarah even had a Hagar. Every woman needs other women in her life. So please, Elizabeth had a Mary and Mary had an Elizabeth. Naomi had a Ruth and Ruth had a Naomi. So please, sisters, don't ditch your friends that okay. expect different seasons in your relationship and in your marriage. Genesis 8.22 while the earth remaineth, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Shall not cease. The only constant in our lives is God. So sometimes your marriage will go through different seasons. But it doesn't mean it has failed. It is just a season. And if you hang on and you walk in the light, you can't see God. But you are just walking by the instrument. He will come through for you. Amen. And then also seek help. When you are quarreling, things are happening, seek counsel from people who know, not from people who just tell you anything. Lastly, expect humanness from your partner. Expect humanness from your partner. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of his power may be of God and not of us. Don't expect a perfect person in your life. Don't expect a perfect partner. They don't exist. They exist only on, in heaven. On earth, they don't exist. Amen. So, ask yourself, can I live with these weaknesses? Can I live with these flaws? Can I live with the negative things I see? My husband says, everybody has a left leg and a right leg. The most important thing is, can you accept that left leg? Do you see, some of the left legs, you can, some of you cannot. And some of you can. So accept the humanness. Don't say that, hey, I thought he was president of the fellowship. And he can be angry like this. Mommy, is it right? It's not right, but he's human. And he has his fault. Moses got angry and broke the tent. Did that make him devoid of his call? No, it didn't. And so we have this treasure, but it is in earthen vessels. So accept, accept the humanity. Christians have um, unrealistic expectations and therefore they become very disappointed very quickly because they think that Christianity solves everything. Christ solves everything, but Christianity is made up of human beings. And human beings don't solve everything. So expect disappointment. Those elite women, he had some disappointments, maybe overboard, but normal disappointment. He said he was coming, he didn't come. It's part of it sometimes. Okay, so don't, especially those of you who are melancholic, don't expect a perfect world. There's nothing like that. And above all, be happy in yourself. Find things that make you happy. So that this person is not the source of all your happiness in this life. Sisters, look at the virtuous woman. She does so many things. She takes her ship, her ship, she goes to the ship from afar. She stretches her hands to the needy. She takes a needle and she spins something. She provides for her house. In her mouth is a law of kind. She has a whole full life. You see, the outside her husband. So have a life. Have a life outside 
even your relationship so that your whole life is not just this boy. And I don't hear that you have hanged yourself in whatever hall that it is. You need to have a life of your own. My husband is an evangelist. He goes for crusades all the time. If my whole life were only my husband, beloved, I would not be standing here today. He's at, uh, he's in, at comes in Europe as I speak at the moment. But I've found something also to do in the house of God. I've found things to do in terms of Christ. I've found things to do in ministry. I have friends. I have people I can laugh with, talk with, chat with. So I am happy before he arrives this evening. Amen? Amen. You too can find that. But at the end of a whole matter, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Oh, you can do it better. You can do it better. Wow. What an encounter. What an encounter. Mommy, we are so grateful. All right. Lisa, mommy's ready for the questions. So we will take a few of them. So if you have a question, you can, yeah. Wow. 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 Are you? Please, we need the questions so you can you give it to the ushers quickly so that we can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we getting it right? Are we getting it right? Yes. I think that some of us have not started right, but like Lady Reverend says, God is a God of second chance. Hallelujah. And so we can start again. If your bed is, has not been green, I'm sure that there is grace. That changes the color from brown to green. Hallelujah. Amen. We have a few questions. Some of you have questions and yes. Um, put your hands together for Hallelujah. Yeah. So um you know there's Getting towards the end, you could see that the woman of God was really running and rushing because there's so much in the word of God that if we kept here today and she slept with us tomorrow, we will still not be able to download what God has put in here for us with respect to relationships. Hallelujah. And she doesn't only just talk about relationships, she talks about everything the word of God. Hallelujah. But this afternoon, you know, to, to start right and to get it right, there are messages here.
that I think that if you got them would help you. Um, there's a message, how to be found. You know, some of us, we don't know how to be found. So, somebody, I heard somebody saying that 4.0 is like, you have been walking around uh, um, level 400, still point zero. Please try and add something behind the points. So, how to be found. Lady Raven talked about being approachable. Some of you have not been found because you haven't been approachable. That message will show you how to position yourself so that you can be found. Hallelujah. This, in the morning when I came, there was a young man. Well, I don't know if he's young. A man who came and said that, you know, he looked through the messages and he said, so which one should I buy? So I told him that, first of all, buy how to be found. And then after that, you will buy um, how to choose a partner, which is also a message that you must get. Then when you have finished choosing the partner, then there is a message called, before you say, I do. That is also a message. And when you have then said that I do, then there's a message called the realities of marriage. Now you are inside the marriage, then your, your eyes have opened. Like they said, love is blind, but the neighbors are not. So all these messages are there for you to get. Don't just walk around past the table and look at Lady Reverend's poster and say, oh, very nice. I've seen some of you taking selfies. You know, when you take a selfie with the poster, it doesn't put the message inside you. But when you listen to it, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So get to the table and get a message or two and your life and your relationship will be right. God bless you. Put your hands together. Let's receive the woman of God. but your stew is on the fire and starts to cook, okay? That's the reality. Amen. I just want to acknowledge the presence of our bishop in the central region. Bishop Jacob Godwell. Show him some love. Amen. Bishop Jacob, you're welcome. He's very tired from Asin Manso, but we are honored that he passed through. Amen. Please, as many years, how many years should we date or be in a relationship? Um, they say, or it is said that when relationships are too long, the quarrels become more and they break up out of frustration. So we advise that it shouldn't be too long. But if you are in school, then you can start from level 100. Yes. Or level 200, and then you carry it on. Amen. But sometimes in my church, the two people are very mature already, and uh, they've been working already, and therefore they can marry. You know, let me just chip it in that Adam and Eve had jobs to tend the garden. So you both need to have jobs before you embark on the road of marriage. You don't need to have everything, but you need to have jobs, because you need a source to feed you. Marriage takes more than I love you. Amen. What at, uh, amount of time should you give after a proposal before you accept it? 
There's no hard and fast rule, but I wish the brothers were not here. But what I would say is, you shouldn't be too hasty to say, mm, bra, <laughs> If you get married to a man of God, is it possible he will leave you? Yes. And chase other ladies? Yes, because he's a man. Please, when a pastor's wife like you, please, how does it feel? Please, when you are a pastor's wife like you, please, how does it feel? Normal. You feel like a child of God. You are a Christian. The Bible has said that the afflictions of the righteous are a lot but the Lord delivers him from them all. So your life is like that. So that's it. It is fulfilling, yes, but it's also challenging. Amen. Is kissing and touching of other sensitive parts, like the breast, a sin or displeasing to God? The Bible says we should flee all youthful lusts and that we should flee from uncleanness. So there are some things that are done prior to go into the bed and it's going to lead you there. So it's uncleanliness and it's not advisable. Amen. Should you also, should you allow your partner to kiss you and touch you, but not necessarily sex? One thing leads to another. Okay, and then if you see your mother and father coming, will you run away? Then it is sin. excusable to tell people about your relationship? Is it advisable? About your relationship life with your friends? I don't understand. Also, is it good to let people know you are dating a particular person or wait until it gets to marriage? Ah! People should know so that they, sh- they keep off. God bless you, mommy. Please, what role does our families play? If you listen to how to be found, how to be marriageable, you will see that I say that fight for parental consent because it is important. It doesn't always come easy, but fight for it and use all the means you can. I mean, I talk more about it too. Hmm. I want to marry the first guy I date. Is it possible? It's possible because it happened to me. I've been praying to God Concerning my marriage, twice I dreamt about getting married to this guy, but there's no sign of the person coming to propose. <laughs> propose to me! Propose to me! Yeah. What do I do? Should I wait or move on? You prayed for God's will. I believe that if it was of God, it will work. And also, if God gave you a dream, he will convince the other person. Why do I say that? When God spoke to Mary, he went to speak to Joseph on his own, without Mary trying to make a way. So if God gives you a vision to marry me, he will also give me a vision about you. And also, the book of Ecclesiastes says, many dreams are from the activity of the mind. So you already have a crush on the person. And now it has become a dream. So I think that you should weigh your options and see what you are doing. Because if you bounce others and, or you don't consider others and then this guy too never comes, what do you do? Please, do you date any man, 
Did you date any man before you met Bishop? No. No. No, but everybody's life is different, isn't it? And God calls us from different places. I was born again from the age of nine. So God delivered me from a lot of foolishness. That's why I'm saying that you may look smart, holy, good, whatever. But what happened is that God just came into your life and helped you. That's all. Nothing to do about you, yourself. Okay? So you don't have to condemn yourself, but you can start afresh. Is it wrong to want to date or marry someone with a particular physique? Yes. Is it always about character, more of? Marry what you are attracted to. But some sisters do that and never marry. Some brothers do that and they miss out on God's blessing. So yes, marry what you like. But what you like should be tampered by what is wise. Okay? Are there guys who would love a lady but can't express in words? He should be able to tell you. If he can't tell you, he should go. Propose to me. How do you differentiate? Or you can tell his pastor, and the pastor will say, Brother, what is your mind concerning this sister? And the pastor will tell you in secret. How do you differentiate being attracted to the opposite sex and having sensual feelings about the opposite sex? That's a differentiation. We are all attracted to the opposite sex, but it's in different degrees. But if every time you're attracted to the opposite sex, you see the person in sexual ways, and then it's sexual, it's not even just attraction. And also, if it's the whole opposite sex, sister, there's something wrong. Do you understand? You'll just be drawn to somebody. I'm ending soon. Mommy, please, is it advisable to take money or accept money from your beloved every time he asks you to, to take it in a relationship? I don't think it matters, but the relationship should not be built on money. If he is willingly giving you, and then also you know the source, because some people, their boyfriends are armed robbers, and they take the money. So, if you know the source, but your relationship shouldn't be built on money. Oh, mommy, then there's a quarrel, and all that. No, it's not a good foundation. If it were like that, many of our bishops would not marry. Amen, Bishop Jake. <laughs> How does a dating couple keep their relationship alive and kicking without sex, especially if marriage is a bit far off. Sex and marriage are two different things. God's plan is sex is not bad, and it is not a worldly invention. It is God's idea. But God says it should be done at the right time, in the right way, and with the right person. You know? And so sex is not the only way you can express your love. And even when you marry, if your wife is pregnant, there are times that the doctor will say, don't touch her. Doesn't mean you are not in love with her. It doesn't mean that and you must be able to go through that. So, there are different ways of expressing love. So many. Oh, love can be expressed in so many ways. You don't sleep with God. How do you show him that you love him? Is it Okay. Is it okay to be shy if you are beloved? If the shyness is about sexual things, yes. But if it's about just relating, then you have to overcome it. Is there any one thing that assures you that 
that assures you. I can't say that right. He is the one for you. I think that there's also a knowing. And then what the Bible calls the peace of God, which passes all understanding. You have peace about something. And also you have met all the parameters that God says, don't be unequally yoked. Huh? Can any two work except they be agreed? You may be all Christians, but you are not agreed. You may be all Christians, but you are not agreed with ministry. You are not agreed with the future. You are not agreed about so many things. So you have to be agreed. My guy is a very jealous type. To the extent that even if I'm making a call, he thinks I'm talking to another guy. He sees, when, when he sees me with another guy or talking to a guy, he gets angry. Mom, please, what should I do? Maybe you should leave him. <laughs> run, baby, run. Finally, please, we are in a relationship and have messed up several times. Now we are out of self-control. Anytime we see ourselves, sexual intercourse results, my question must we continue with the relationship or end it? In a situation like this, is it, is the way to make, is there a way to make the relationship right? Yes, there's a way, but I realize that you need also a lot of pastoral counseling and leading, and you need to be open to the pastor about it. But yes, but you see, when people become used to that, they can't keep themselves off each other. Do you know why? It becomes an addiction. Demons move in, and demons compel, and demons drive us. And so it becomes a stronghold. The Bible says, Babylon the Great, eh, she was a stronghold, and she has become a habitation of devils. And many fornications are through her. Do you see? So you can easily become, it can become a demonic issue, because you have allowed it. When you allow, the devil takes control, and later, you lose the fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. But in God, there's mercy. And in God, there's a way of escape. So you can start all over again. But like I said, don't be caught alone. Don't be caught in a dark room. Don't say, oh, I'm sleeping on your bed small. That's what this foolish generation has been doing. I've been counseling people saying, I just slept by my beloved. I didn't know I was asleep. Then I felt his hands around me. And I said, what is that? Ah, we learn together. So when I fall asleep, I say, hey, you trust this flesh. The Bible says, flee youthful lust. It didn't say entertain. Feed and then let sleep youthful lust. That's not it. So you need to flee these things. And you need to put practical steps. The wisdom of God is also part of it. So don't go to places with your beloved you shouldn't. Don't talk about things and then before you meet, you are all charged up. And you have to express it. You know, then you say, how did we fall? You know, you need a lot of guidance and help. And I pray that God will reach out to you. Amen. But you can also see me in Accra somehow. Amen. Oh, give it on to Jesus. Oh, you can do it better. You can do it better. Hallelujah. Before I go, every eye closed and every head bowed. You're here tonight, uh, this afternoon. You don't know Jesus as your savior. It's more important than everything I've spoken about. Yes, you are known as a Christian girl, but in your heart, you know that you need to make it right with God. Lady Reverend, pray for me. It's not about who is on your left, who is on your right. It's not about impressing people. It's about making it right with God. 
We all came to Christ at a certain point in our lives. Today is your day. You are here like that. Just put up your hand and I'll pray for you wherever you may be. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I need to accept Christ. I need to start all over again. I need to be serious with God. I need to rededicate my life. Green leaves fall and brown leaves fall. I can't guarantee any of our lives, but I can guarantee that Jesus will save you. You are here like that this afternoon. Just lift up your hands right above your shoulder and I'll pray for you. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see all those hands. If you have put up your hands, Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will also be ashamed of you. You've put up your hand. Forget about all these people. They are not your God. Jesus is calling you. Rise up. Come to me. Give me the opportunity of leading you to Christ and making it right again. Some of you, it's just a rededication. Come. Come to Jesus. Come. 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 Don't let it be a big deal. Just come. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. The Son of God is reaching out to you this afternoon. Come and let it make it all right for you. There's no one that's not a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the good news is that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, which he's offering to you this afternoon. If you've come forward, please say this prayer after me and mean it with your whole heart. Lord Jesus, this afternoon, I come to you just as I am. Lord, I realize that I am a sinner. I realize that I've been living my own way. But today, I give it all up to you. Jesus, come into my heart and make me whole again. Forgive me for all my sins. Thank you for coming to die on the cross to save my life. Thank you for rising from the dead to give me eternal life. Thank you that by this prayer I have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dear son. Into the kingdom of light. And that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. God bless you. I have some books for you. Read it and let me hear from you. First lady at dagewardmills.org. God bless you. Wow, wow. Give it on to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give it on to our mommy. Wow. I told you. I told you. I told you from the beginning. It has been wonderful. Wow. Uh, help me. And uh, wow, I don't know. Mom, please, uh, we want to say a few words before you go. Just a minute. You know, we just want to say we are so, so grateful. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.